Welcome back to Written in Red by Shawnita. You're listening to Season 2, Wholeness Series Novel, Weighing My Options, Chapter 1. The moment when your ankles crick and click when you move or stand still for too long. Julie can't even remember when she first felt that moment. That crick advanced to an all-out crunch. She groaned. She didn't want anyone to feel sorry for her or her ankles. If anyone was going to feel sorry for any of her body parts, those feelings should be reserved for her knee and her back. Her knee, her back felt worse than sleeping on thumbtacks. Her head bobbed to the beat of the hip-hop song about necks and backs she used to drop it like it was hot to before she crossed the 200-pound threshold. Distant memories of dancing and fun made more than her joints ache. No problem, happy hour at home couldn't cure. The drive would take 15 minutes from this doctor's office to her front door. Visions of homemade nachos with jalapenos danced in her mind. She closed her eyes and took in a deep breath. The smell of the cheese almost sat in the air. Julie bet if she didn't hit any red lights, she could make it home in 12 minutes and be enjoying a cold beer, homemade nachos, and a new DVD within the 20 minutes of unlocking the door. Tap, tap. The door opened. Julie tried to stretch her 52-inch frame a few more inches to make her look the absurdity of trying to look skinny to a bariatric surgeon tapped her on the shoulder. With a long exhale, she allowed her spine to decompress to its normal position. She felt ridiculous attempting to look thin for a doctor who cut on fluffy people for a living. Julie Price. The doctor peered over the rim of his glasses. He held a medical chart and small pink binder. His bald head reflected the lights from the fluorescent bulb overhead. At least he wasn't tall, fine, and single. Last I checked, Julie gave a wry smile. I'm Dr. Wheaton. He looked down at the chart. You're here due to a referral from a coworker. Monica Tops, she is one of our internet success stories. Julie nodded. He gave her a brief once-over, then looked back at the chart in his hand. So tell me about this pain you've been feeling and how long. Julie nibbled on the sliver of nail growing on her right index finger. No snacks during consultation, please. The doctor nodded at her hand in her mouth. Oh, right. Julie's attempted chuckle mutated into a cough. About five years, if I had to guess. It started in my ankles, lots of popping, creaking. Then it spread to my knee, hip, and back. Standing too long, sitting too long. And please don't mention stairs. I need aspirin thinking about it. Any medications for the pain? Dr. Wheaton stared at her knee. Only the 80 proof kind, Julie chuckled. Dr. Wheaton looked her directly in the eye. He cleared his throat. Well, 
Looking over your medical history, there is no reason you shouldn't be able to receive a gastric band. Julie stopped chewing on her right ring finger. A genuine smile spread across her face. To undergo surgery, you will need to lose at least 10% of your body weight. Once you've lost at least 10% of your body weight, I want you to call the office and schedule another consultation to schedule a psychiatric evaluation and get everything confirmed for the procedure. Dr. Wheaton placed the chart on a table and handed Julie the pink binder. A shrink for weight loss? Julie gave him a once over. I want to lose weight. My mind is fine. Obesity is a complex and multifaceted problem, Miss Price, and we address it from every angle here. Other wellness centers offer the surgery without a thorough psychiatric evaluation. There are people with surgical intervention gain all the weight they lose and more back over time. Our long-term success rate has a lot to do with the fact that we don't provide services unless clients have passed the psychiatric evaluation. Lifestyle is not the only reason people become obese. Dr. Wheaton crossed his arms. So if I don't see the shrink, I'll have to find another doctor? Julie rolled her eyes and crossed her arms. I've included a list of psychiatrists we work with, and you're welcome to find someone if they meet the criteria listed. All our clients have become obese due to different reasons. For some, it is lack of proper dietary and fitness in their childhood. They are products of unhealthy eating in sedentary environments. Other clients have traumatic experiences that led them to find solace and comfort in food. Unless we can identify what triggered or caused the unhealthy behaviors, we can't give you the tools you need to maintain your weight loss. A healthy life is our goal here, not a quick fix. Julie sighed and lowered her arms. Anything else? Your meal plan, articles, and other information about the procedure in your binder. We can discuss any questions you have once you lose the initial weight. Losing 30 pounds before the surgery will help you adjust to the new dietary restrictions you'll experience once you complete the procedure. Do you have any questions? Julie opened the binder. She looked over the list of excluded foods. Is there anything I have to give up forever after the surgery? Dr. Wheaton said, nothing forever, but those self-prescribed pain medications aren't allowed at least 12 months. A two-ton cartoon weight fell on Julie's head. She shook the vision from her mind. You mean no hard liquor for a year? No alcohol of any kind for at least 12 months, Miss Price. Dr. Wheaton picked up her chart. Any other questions? Julie shook her head. The cold beers waiting in the fridge called to her louder. Did people who created examination gowns know that not everyone fits a size six? Never mind, how about some people hadn't seen single digits since they were single digits in age? Brianna sighed. Focusing on having the napkin draped around her was safer than thinking about why she had to meet with Dr. Karen. Again, she was so thankful her husband had good medical benefits through his company. The door slid open. Dr. Karen's voice floated in as she answered someone's question. 
Brianna closed her eyes and forced her tears of frustration back down. Three months and nothing. No signs of anything, including the double pink lines she prayed for every 28 days. Brianna, how are you, dear? Dr. Karen sat at the desk. I'd be better if my monthly visitor stopped skipping her stop. Brianna chewed on her bottom lip. I haven't seen any trace of her for three months. Dr. Karen looked over her chart and nodded. I've been trying to get pregnant and no cycle to track for fertility makes it kind of difficult. Brianna huffed. We know it isn't Thomas, so the problem must be me. Dr. Karen took a deep breath in. She avoided making eye contact with Brianna. Dr. Karen. Renee. Level with me. What is it? Fibroids, irregular ovaries, some rare reproductive disorder? I can handle it. Brianna stared at her doctor. You're morbidly obese, Brianna. And for some women, once they reach a certain weight, it affects their hormones and causes irregular menstruation with a host of other problems. I don't think getting pregnant at your current weight would be a good idea. You're a prime candidate for several complications, including gestational hypertension and diabetes. Dr. Karen gave Brianna a sympathetic look. I'm too fat to have a baby? The smell of antiseptic and shame filled Brianna's nostrils. You have to be kidding me. I, ha I know women heavier than I am who have had children. Dr. Karen looked down at her clipboard. She placed the chart and other paperwork on the desk and turned her entire body toward Brianna. You told me you could handle it, Brianna. The truth is you would be placing you and your child in danger if you became pregnant at your current weight. I know patients who have given birth at more than 300 pounds and it is rarely without complication. All the air in the room evaporated. Brianna couldn't believe her ears. M more than 300 pounds? I'm not more than 300 pounds. I know I need to lose weight, but I have never weighed more than 300 pounds. My heaviest is 285. You used to weigh 285, Brianna. You're 315 pounds. Didn't you look when you stood on the scale today? Dr. Karen picked the chart up. I haven't stood facing a scale in a doctor's office in three years. Brianna's voice became raspy. I'm going to give Shalanda some packets for you to look over a few weight loss programs I recommend. It could take six to 12 months, but if you lose at least 75 pounds, you should be ready to have a baby in a year or two. You should maintain your weight for at least six months before you get pregnant. Dr. Karen stood. Seems like a long time. Isn't there something else to be done? Pills or some procedure? Infertility treatments to do so we can start sooner? Brianna ignored the tear that slipped out. I can't stop you from seeing an infertility specialist, but you could save yourself thousands of dollars if you take the time to lose the weight. Dr. Karen walked to Brianna. I'm not speaking just as your doctor, Brianna. We've talked about this at the club. You need to lose this weight, not for Thomas or to get pregnant. Do this for you. The chances of any treatments or anything else working will be impaired due to your weight. Brianna accepted her friend's hand. I know, Renee. I want a child so bad. 
my weight has never been an issue for me, then and Brianna are not words I've ever heard together. No one is asking you to turn into a twig. You need to be healthy enough for your body to work right. Dr. Karen straightened her shoulders. As a matter of rule, I don't think the recommended weight charts are perfect. But when your body stops functioning the way it is supposed to, there is something wrong. In your case, it is your weight. We've run every other test. If after you lose the weight, your cycle doesn't correct itself, we'll locate the source of the problem. But we can't rule out your weight because it is an issue, Brianna. Brianna nodded. Look over the information Shalanda gives you and we'll talk about it more on the next week. If you don't like any of them, just think about it, Brianna. Losing the weight can't hurt, right? Dr. Karen exited the room. Thoughts bombarded Brianna. This was not her first time to the weight loss ball. Just wasn't a dance she planned to attend again. Her husband loved her. All 315 pounds. 315 pounds. That number bounced around her brain. She never thought she'd pass the 300 mark. The entire experience felt surreal. Her curves had never been a problem. The dimples, folds, and bulges were another story. They apparently were plotting against her every time she smoothed and covered them up with her expensive shapewear. Tears threatened to spill again as she imagined them having the final laugh on her. Nothing funny about not being able to give her husband the one thing she wanted to share with him more than anything. Her phone buzzed. A text message from Thomas appeared on the screen. Toya was sick. Thomas wouldn't be able to get away from the office and her mother couldn't get off work either. A stop at her favorite cupcake queen shop would fix her attitude quicker than she could say lemon drop. The paperwork from Shalanda could wait until tomorrow. She had someone else's sick child to attend to again. I'm not sure I follow you. Tony tugged on her bare earlobe. <laughs> You're not serious about this. I'm not a middle-aged fat man. Dr. Knoxley sat on the stool. You normally have to go to some sleep clinic for a night visit with a whole bunch of sensors stuck to you to be diagnosed with that. I saw a special on television. Tony clasped her hands. Yes, Tony, that is one way to diagnose it, but you have all the symptoms and other things indicate you're suffering from obstructive sleep apnea. Dr. Knoxley opened her chart. Over the last few visits, before we started your new prescription, you told me you were fatigued, had insomnia, and morning headaches. Yes, but I was also in the middle of tax season, and I'm an accountant. Those symptoms could have been from the workload. Tony patted her bun. You've been complaining about them since September and tax season has been over for a month. And you told my assistant you still aren't sleeping. If you had a spouse, I could ask you if they ever told you your breathing paused when you're sleeping. But according to you, you're abstinent. Dr. Knoxley rolled his eyes. The desire to slap the smug look from her doctor's face rose inside Tony. 
it pissed her off to a new level. Every time someone insinuated her abstinence was a fluke. A prayer for self-control shot up in the midst of a request for God to give her a sign that the doctor was telling the truth about her possibly having obstructive sleep apnea. If you insist on in, on making faces when you talk about my lifestyle practices, I would prefer you not address it at all. My insurance covers other family doctors closer to my office. Tony crossed her arms. How do you know these aren't side effects or are these pills you have me popping for my cholesterol and blood pressure? Isn't that possible? Dr. Knoxley cleared his throat. Sweat beads popped up on his forehead. You felt two of them before I switched and lowered the dosage on your prescription. You have all the indicators for sleep apnea. My concern for you is that if you continue gaining weight at your current rate, you'll develop obstructive sleep apnea. Tony's eyes rolled into the back of her head. Just give me something to help me sleep and I'll look into some weight loss programs. It isn't as if I've been this size all my life. The last few years have been hectic. I'll get back down, doc. I hope so, Tony. If not, you're riding the express train to diabetes and metabolic syndrome. We've talked about the dangers based on your family history if you continue to ignore your weight problems. Don't just look into the programs, join one and stick to it. You know, I prefer not to discuss weight with patients because most don't want to change their lifestyles to correct the problem. You said you were different. And once I received your charts, I saw how recently you gained this weight. I don't normally take this time or much a level of interest of patients whose habits have been in place for years, but that is not so with you. Besides, checking weight loss programs, seeing someone you can talk your problems out with may help you as well. Dr. Knoxley cleared his throat and wrote on a pad. He handed the prescription to her. I'm not crazy, I'm successful. Tony snatched the paper from Dr. Knoxley. Her shoulders slumped as she slid down from the table. A still, small voice whispered in her heart. I apologize for snapping in my tone. I know you're being honest with me, as I asked you to do. Thank you, Dr. Knoxley. Dr. Knoxley nodded. Let me know when you're ready to talk to someone. Tony forced a smile. No psychologist could provide better help than the Holy Ghost, and sometime in her Bible could achieve. Her weight gain had nothing to do with her mind and everything to do with what she placed in her mouth. No head doctor could make her stop eating. She had to change her behavior. Thanks again, doc. Come back in two months so I can check your blood sugar, blood pressure, and cholesterol. If your numbers don't get better, we're going to have to increase your dosages. I'm not going to be responsible for the best CPA in town not being here next tax season. A chuckle escaped Tony's lips. I hear you, doc. That is the last thing I want. I'll do better. Dr. Knoxley nodded. The words sounded good on her lips. Too bad they didn't come from the place she endangered with her bad habits. God himself would have to help her see the need to return to her healthy habits as soon as he unbroke her heart. I hope you enjoyed Weighing My Options, Chapter 1, written in red by Shaw Nita. Up next is Chapter 2. <laughs>